Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the BIH Show. The world is not enough, but it's such a perfect place to start. Free sports broadcaster and former GB international Paul Eady joins us to look back on the World Championships. Also, in a BIH Show exclusive, we're in conversation with Arizona Coyotes Director of Player Development Mark Bell as we discuss Britain's star man in Riga, Liam Kirk, and where his career goes from here. You're listening to the BIH Show. I'm Craig Anderson and a massive welcome to the show. In a flash, it's all over. Great Britain have ended their World Championship campaign and in seven impressive displays won more friends around the hockey world with their effort and endeavour. It may have only been one win and an overtime loss, totalling four points to show for their efforts, but you'll struggle to find anyone who doesn't think they were better prepared for the challenges ahead in such a cutthroat competition. History was made in some regard as GB scored in every game, scored more goals than in Slovakia, conceded less goals than in Slovakia and even had the tournament's highest goal scorer at one point in Liam Kirk. So many positives to take, so we'll begin by talking to former GB international Paul Aidy, who covered the games alongside our very good friend Aaron Murphy for Free Sports, and I started by asking about what his overall impression of Britain's campaign in the tournament was like for him. Uh, I think it was a good tournament. Uh, they were competitive all, in all the games. I think that's the most important thing. There's always going to be some tough uh, opponents where your chance of winning a game is is pretty remote but I mean when you match up against you know for example teams like Sweden or Russia it's never going to be an easy opponent and uh, for GB they just have to uh, try to stay in the game as long as they can and hope to squeak squeak out a win if if possible but uh, they haven't embarrassed themselves in any way Uh, they played hard Uh, they played well tactically I think they've done a lot of good things I think there's a few players who probably feel they 
could have contributed more offensively. But you have to remember when you get up to this level, you don't get as many chances. The goaltending is better. So it can be a little bit frustrating for players when the puck's not hitting the back of the net. Of course, take you back to that first game against Russia. You know, I mean, Russia are such a, a top-class team. There was that one spell, I think they scored four goals in a, in a short period of time. You did kind of worry at that point that it, this might be just a, a bit a bit of a big task for GB. Yeah, I mean, of course, Russia, if you just look at their defence, I mean, they're all NHL-caliber players, and uh, but good players in the NHL. They're not like they're average players or, or guys just, you know, fighting to get in the lineup in the NHL. They play... A lot of minutes in the NHL, so play that level. Uh, you know they have some very good players on their team, especially on defense, and uh, it makes it tough on you. They don't give you much time on the puck. They have possession of the puck a lot more than teams you're used to playing against, so the chances are far and few between. Um, and if you make a little mistake against a team like Russia, they put it in the back of the net. So I mean, it's always tough. I mean, GB knew that it would be one of their hardest games. Um, they didn't let themselves down. I mean, I think the Russians appreciated the fact that GB gave them a game and, and played hard, and it wasn't an easy game for them. And the last thing they want is to play a team that they get into bad habits and, and it doesn't help them for their next game. So I think, if anything, uh, GB probably helped the Russian team a little bit by playing a really sound game against them. It seemed to me as well, when, when you look at the games, especially as the tournament went on, you know, the GB grew into the competition more. They were more ready. I think the, the, maybe the experience in Slovakia two years ago certainly prepared them for what was to come this year. Yeah, I mean, the, the experience in Slovakia certainly helped them a lot because they realised that they can compete at, the, at that level. And uh, I think for some players, it was a real gradual improvement. I think in Slovakia, they found it tough. Uh, but by the end of the tournament, they started to believe more in themselves. I think this is shown in this tournament where they started the tournament with a lot more confidence. And, you know, you look at certain players by the end of this tournament, you could see they were comfortable playing at this level where the last time around they weren't. So it is about experience. It's about learning the game. You have to remember you have less time on the puck when you play at this level. You can't count to five before someone's in your face. I mean, you got about a, a second, maybe two at the most to get rid of the puck and make a play. So there's an adjustment there. And it's a, it's a big adjustment. Some guys can handle it and some really struggle with it. But overall, I thought GB handled that quite well. Ben Bounds, again, was a star of the tournament. We all saw what he could do in Slovakia two years ago and obviously domestically. Did it again here in Latvia. But I think the real story, Liam Kirk's emergence in those seven games as well. Yeah, I mean, they were both, they both uh, were outstanding. Um, Bounds continues his strong play. And you can't stay at the level the team is at now without Ben Bounds. I mean, he he's extraordinary at times. I mean, he, he I think he wore out a bit at the end of the tournament, to be honest. He was averaging over 50 shots a game. In my experience as a coach, if you're, if you're playing um, your goalie a lot, and he, he continues to get 50 shots a game, it wears him down. And I think that happened a little bit with Bounds at the end of the tournament. Although Whistle was, was uh, good when he came in, and uh, he's starting to prove himself. And uh, that's good for GB to know that they have uh, another goalie they can depend on. Um, uh, Kirk uh, has had a fantastic tournament. I think it was really important for him to have a good tournament. He's, he needs to get noticed at the age that he is now. And uh, I personally feel he, he deserves at least an NHL training camp or a shot in the SHL. But he needs to play at a level that will improve his game. And I don't think staying in, and, and I'm being very honest here, the elite league, will help him at all. I think he needs to, and I know 
it's not an easy thing to do to, to leave home and go play away. He's done it already, so it shouldn't be a problem. But he really needs to be ambitious. And I hope he's got a good agent who can help him out and, and do something for him. So what would you say would be the, the moment of the competition for GB? When you look back on the games, is there any standout moment for you that 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 will live in the memory for as far as you're concerned? Um, um, Putting you on the spot I, a little I bit. Guess, I, <laughs> I, I kind of like the last game in the sense that whenever Hoffman scored, Kirk went out and scored. I thought that was really interesting how they kind of did compete for that top goal scoring spot in the tournament. You know, you could see that they both wanted wanted that and I uh, found that interesting I mean, of course GB winning uh, a game was the highlight because it's been a long time since GB won a game at the top level so that would have to be the highlight of the tournament uh, for most people and, and the GB squad uh, but I still liked uh, Kirk's uh, Kirk's moments in this tournament I, I think uh, he proved that he can play at a high level and when you consider that there wasn't a regular season in the UK the fact that Pete Russell didn't travel with the team for, for the reasons he gave, although you had two very competent coaches working with the players in Adam Keefe and Corey Nielsen. Does it make their achievement all the better when you look back? Well, I, I think it does. Uh, of course, uh, you know, Pete's done a fantastic job with the team. He was working from home, helping the team any which way he could. Uh, he's got a great working relationship with Corey Nielsen and, and Adam Keefe. They all get along really well. They're all great coaches, all proven coaches. And, um, you know, the team was in good hands if, if uh, Pete wasn't able to, to make it. Uh, on that front, you know, they've always been very good tactically, well, well prepared. And you have to give all of the coaching staff credit for that. And uh, I think, yeah, sure, it does take a little bit away. You know, you, you, your head coach isn't there. And, uh, of course, the guys feel that a little bit. I know a lot of players have a good relationship with, with Pete and uh, – Certainly would have liked to have seen him there, but that's life. You can't, you don't always get what you want and you have to deal with that. And uh, um, so, I mean, and, and the fact that they didn't have a lot of preparation, I think it was good that they had the series at least to get some games in. Um, a lot of the, although I think if they would have went there without playing any games, it would have been a real struggle off the start. But fortunately, most of them had been on the ice and played some games. And uh, I think maybe Ben O'Connor didn't play very much. But I have to say, Ben O'Connor had a good, really good tournament, I thought. Um, got better as the tournament went on. Um, I think he was get a better tournament this time around than the last time around. So obviously he's he's improved and learned from the previous tournament, like you were saying earlier in the conversation. And um, I think it's um, very positive. Um, and the only thing is sometimes you know if you haven't played so much, you might have a little bit might be a little bit more rested, not just physically but mentally. And uh, maybe that helped a little bit too. So you have your your pros and your cons about not playing so many matches. Now, next tournament is going to be in Finland next year. We're hoping there's going to be a full regular season behind all the players. We're seeing some level of normality coming back. So can we see a further improvement in GB next year once they've had a full year behind them, another year's worth of games, and again, the experience of not one, but in some cases, two tournaments behind them? Well, obviously, every time you play at a high level, you you adjust to it, improve, and, and you do take confidence out of that. And that experience is really good for you and the team. I mean, I think also this tournament, what we did see is some young players getting the opportunity. And I think, you know, if they make the team the next time around, uh, they'll be ready, more ready for it than um, uh, what happened in the first one, which I think the team did well and they, they stayed up. And that's what really the goal is. I mean, at some point, maybe the goal can change to trying to make the quarterfinals. Like a lot of teams, that's their goal, just to make the quarterfinals and see what happens. 
I think we're a bit still a step or two away from that. Um, but uh, obviously, you know, in this tournament, if you were playing, you wanted to make, uh, you know, you wanted the coaches to see that you were good enough. And so for the next tournament, when there's probably more players available, it's going to be tougher to pick a team. You want to make sure that the coaches have seen enough from you in this tournament to get picked for Finland. And just to talk about you for a sec, uh, Paul, it's been over a year, I think, since uh, you and Murph were able to call games together. It, it must have been nice being back with them and, and doing what you, you two guys, I know you absolutely love. Yeah, yeah, it was nice to get back at it. You're right, it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> I guess COVID uh, has given everybody issues and problems to deal with. And um, I, I, at the end of the day, <laughs> happy to still be here, you know, with everything that's going on uh, it's, it's nice to be healthy and uh, to be able to do the games. And, of course, Murph and I, we've got a great relationship behind the mics and uh, we enjoy calling the games. We have a lot of fun with it. And uh, especially GB, you know, it, it means uh, more to us, obviously, than covering the other games. Um, it means more to the fans, of course, too, that um, they get to see the games and uh, experience the whole tournament. And we try to do our best with that. Um but yeah, uh, you know, of course I missed it. Um, but I just had to deal with, with the, that fact and you move on, don't you? Welcome back to the BIHO, part of the Sports Social Network. Before the break, you heard from Paul Adey, who was part of the free sports team covering the tournament. Now, the World Championships are the sort of tournament that can lead to some unlikely attention coming if you perform well. For example, Ben Bounds in Slovakia two years ago that would have played a huge part in his move to Graz 99ers last year. This year, Liam Kirk was the standout GB player, picking up seven goals and two assists, making him the competition's top goalscorer at one point and was up among the top point scorers by the time GB bowed out. Kirk, of course, was drafted to the NHL with Arizona Coyotes three years ago and with many looking for them to hand the lad from Maltby a contract, we decided to contact Arizona to find out their thoughts on Kirk's progress and where he possibly goes now in his career. In a British ice hockey exclusive, Coyotes Director of Player Development, Mark Bell, joined us to discuss Kirk and has enjoyed seeing him progress in the three years since he was drafted. First of all, he's been a pleasure to work with. Uh, he's So I, I live I'm I live currently in um, Ontario, uh, in Canada, and uh, so I got to see Liam quite a bit and uh, watch him play. And, and um, obviously he's got he's got God given ability. Uh, he can skate, he can, he can shoot, he can make plays. Um, the big thing for him was just trying to figure out if, um, was to just play that a little bit more, more North American style. And, uh, you know, things happen quicker over here, especially in Peterborough. There's a small, there's a small rink. Um, uh, so, you know, there's people on you right away. And I think that was a big adjustment. And he went through some, some tough times in his first year. Um, yeah, after being drafted and, and, uh, which is normal. Um, and, uh, just, you know, and then his, and then his, um, actually his parents came over for a visit and I noticed a change in him. I think he, you know, just had just, you know, being away and, and, uh, I went through the same stuff when I was, when I was that age, uh, being away from home and, and, you know, I wasn't obviously gone overseas, uh, at that age, but, um, so I think he felt more comfortable once they came and left and then, you know, the second half of his first year, he was uh, he was a player. Um, the first the first half of the season was a bit of a wash. He just had a lot of things going on, and so. Um, um, but yeah, and then and then into his second year, uh, again kept making strides. You know, a little bit inconsistent, which is again normal for young players. But um, 
you know, uh, he, he, you know, he'd go in stretches where he was really, really like pretty dominant and he got off to a great start last year, um, fell off a little bit in the mid season. And then obviously couldn't finish the season with the, with the pandemic. So we were hopeful, um, this year, right. Until they, they announced that they weren't going to, um, to play here in Ontario, um, that they would, you know, at least have some sort of a resemblance of a season, whether it be 24 games or, or whatever, but, uh, really disappointed. And, you know, I knew Liam took that information pretty hard, um, you know, and it was a real, real struggle for him this year. Just, he just wanted to play. And, uh, whenever I talked to him, he just, he just, I just want to play. I know. And, and I, I feel for him and I feel for all the kids trying to play in Ontario here. So, uh, he got to play in, in, um, um, in the third league there in Sweden and then went back home to Sheffield. So bit of a, this year was a tough season for him. Uh, and I'm very happy to see what he's doing right now at the worlds. Um, yeah, I think it's going to put a little, uh, pep in his step as far as his workouts this summer, uh, and give him some motivation and some and inspiration more than anything, because there was a lot of negativity this year, uh, with, with what happened here in Ontario and then also just, you know, trying to find places to play and, and, you know, it was just a, it, it was discouraging, I think more than anything. Um, so this will, this is, uh, you know, hopefully kickstarting them for, for a big summer as well. Sorry, long winded answer. Uh, <laughs> I just went through three years of his development, but um, that's, that's essentially the nuts and bolts of it. I can get into more detail if you like. Absolutely. And we've had a year like no other, you know, the pandemic has, has played havoc with all our lives in, in all sorts of different ways. So, so how does this, does this in any way hamper his development or the fact that he's done so well in the world has just reminded you that there's a talent there? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, we're trying to evaluate um, constantly, um, but there's other factors that go into play. And when, you know, just like at the start of his first year in Peterborough, there's there's other things happening where, you can't just evaluate the play on the ice. Um, you know, he's adjusting to life in North America. He's adjusting to people um, where that he's living with. He's adjusting to school. He's adjusting to, you know, so there's adjusting to all new teammates. He doesn't know anyone on the team. So those things take time to, to um, settle themselves out. Um, it's hard to evaluate when you're jumping from team to team and league to league. So we take that into account as well. Um, again, is this, is this the real Liam Kirk that we're seeing right now in the world? We sure hope so. Um, uh, is it a flash in the pan? I'm I'm, I don't know. I, I hope not. Uh, but we need a, we need a real season to, you know, where we can see him and watch him consistently, um, uh, and evaluate him that way. Uh, right now the evaluation process for him was, is hard. Um, again, we want to see it over, a, you know, the, those, those dips that I saw in Peterborough um, are discouraging. You can't do that at the pro level. Uh, you, you just can't, you can't be that inconsistent. Um, you know, having said that, yeah, it's common for young, young players to be inconsistent. Um, but when you make the next step to be a pro, you just can't, you got to bring something other than scoring. And, um, and that's the main, that was the main focus for Liam is, Hey, when the puck's not going in the net, what else are you going to do to help the team win? Um, and that's, that's essentially what we've been working on. Um, you know, it's not always pretty. It's not always fun to watch. It's, uh, sometimes it hurts. Um, but 
you know, it helps the team win. And that's, that's what keeps you in the game and it gives you a chance to play. Now, I'm taking it under assumption that you would have been speaking quite a lot to Rob Wilson at Peter Repeats, having already seen Liam for, for yourself and what he did on the ice, given where you are. I take it you, you kept that up while he was back home. He was playing with the Sheffield Steel Dogs and then latterly with the Sheffield Steelers in the, the short format tournaments we had as well. Were you keeping tabs on him there too? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, talked a lot with Rob about, um, and Rob and I were on the same page of, as far as we know what was happening in Peterborough and but I, I haven't I haven't talked to Rob since um, since he's been um, been been back home. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been watching been watching the games and watching him uh, what he's been doing in uh, in Sheffield. Uh, watched the games when he was in in, in Sweden. Uh, watching the games of the worlds, so obviously not didn't watch this morning's game, but um, I certainly will. Um, but yeah, these, these things all go into, it's a body of work. And, you know, when you talk to the coaches, they have a, you know, I can't always be there. Um, and we can't always be there as an organization. So, um, we put into account a lot of what the coaches are saying and, and how the game feels. And, um, you know, the plays that I watch on my screen are a lot different to what's happening in real time. And when the game is on the line, um, and those are the players that we want that make an impact that way. Are you able to give an idea of how well thought of he is within the organisation? Obviously, I dare say you report back quite often with his progress and what he's been up to. But are you able to, to give a feel for, in general, how he's thought of in the Coyotes? Yeah, I mean, in general, I mean, he's uh, he's his obviously this this is um, it's a it's a that's a bit of a tough question. Uh, we think a lot of our picks. Uh, we think we're loyal to our picks, um, meaning. Um, we want them to achieve them. That's why we put so many resources and so much time and effort and into their development. We want them to achieve the best. We want them to be, we want them all to be NHL players. The sad reality is it's not going to happen for everybody. Um, but certainly this, you know, playing against men um, for Liam has been, has been uh, a good plus. Obviously he did that when he was 17 um, in Sheffield. Um, but even now, this is a different. This is a different ball game. Um, you know, um, does it does it equate to a contract? I'm not sure. Those are discussions that I'm going to have to have with Bill um, in the near future. But um, we shall see on that front. Um, but again, all I can really say is, you know, we think highly of him, um, and obviously, we think highly of him as a person as well. He's been, a, like I said from the start, he's been a pleasure to work with. He's taken in a lot of information. We've had some difficult conversations um, with with his play as far as, um, you know, they're not always fun conversations and, and players don't always want to hear them. But um, I think if you ask Liam, he's always known that I've had his best interests at heart and I want him to be the best player that he can be. So um, if you're coming from a place of, of that, then, then, um, then it's the right information, no matter if you want to hear it or not. So, and, and Liam's been really good that way in taking in the information. So, given that you, you've you've developed a close working relationship with him over the last three years since he was drafted, you, you speak to him quite a lot. How much pride do you take in the performances he's shown in the World Championships, apart from this morning's game, which you've told me you've yet to catch up on? Yeah, no, I, I feel like, um, you know, obviously, like I said, I, I'm, I'm, a ha- I'm happy for him. Uh, I take, I, I, our guys... 
do well. Sometimes they don't, sometimes they play well. It's, it's, it's just the way it goes. Um, sometimes they have great tournaments. Some guys, sometimes, you know, they're in the world juniors and they struggle and, you know, these things happen, but, um, I'm happy for him, uh, because I know how, you know, talking to him throughout last summer and, you know, the shutdowns everywhere and not being able to get into the gym and not being able to go outside and trying to work out in his apartment and home. And, and these things, those things weigh on you mentally, uh, physically, obviously Liam's, you know, had a tough time putting on weight and, and, um, you know, getting, getting bigger and stronger, uh, it's certainly still a focus of his, um, so all these things come into play and I'm, I'm just happy for him. I'm really, I, I, at the end of the day right now, I'm happy for him. And I hope this, like I said earlier, I hope this kickstarts his summer and, and he can, and he can turn his body into a, you know, a pro athlete's body. And, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a, like I said, it's been a challenge, but he's, um, he's, he's done, he's done what he ha- has done so far. And I'm happy, like, I, again, just, at the end of the day, I'm happy for his process, his, um, his performance this far in the, in the world juniors or world championship. Sorry. So as we speak, the tournament's ended for Liam. Um, he's finished as far as uh, Riga's concerned. There's still a few days to go in the competition. Are you able to give a steer on, on what happens now with him? I dare say you'll, you'll get in touch and, and catch up with him yourself. Are you able to, to give us a route on, on what's going to happen with him? Yeah. So, from now at this point, the process will be, I'll just connect with Liam, uh, watch this game, obviously first, (laughs) um, uh, I'll connect with Liam and just, you know, I'll let the dust settle here and I'm sure he wants to see all his, his teammates and and then get back home and all that stuff. So let him, let him do that. And then we'll connect. Um, I've connected with his agent. I'll talk to Bill, you know, all these things will come into play and we'll, we'll just make a decision on what, what the next step is for him and where he'll be playing next year. Um, I can't really give an indication on where it will be, but, um, as of, as of right now, but, uh, you know, obviously it's, um, you know, uh, I'm going to review the games, review everything, everything, all the information that we put into it. We've, we've got guys, scouts that have watched the games, uh, the world championships this year. Uh, so they get, you know, I'll, I'll talk to them guys and cross reference how, how I feel about it. Uh, how how I thought he played and how I think they they feel, um, and then we'll get all that information and make a decision on um, what's next for Liam. This is the BIH show, part of the Sports Social Network, and welcome back. That was Mark Bell from the Arizona Coyotes. You heard discussing Liam Kirk with us. Now, before we go, I want to apologise. Due to time constraints this week, I was unable to deliver some preview material ahead of the NIHL playoffs this weekend, but you have my word that I'll remedy that for this week's show. I promise, and now that I've promised, I'll definitely deliver that for you. But a reminder of the games this weekend taking place, I Sheffield sees Sheffield Skimmeters taking on MK Thunder at 1.30 on Saturday, followed by Slough Jets taking on Witness Wild at 6.30, with the winners of each time meeting in Sunday's final at 3pm. Information on tickets can be found on the EIHA website, so get those while you still can. I want to wish all four teams the very best of luck for the weekend and really hope it goes well. Before we go, we want to tell you about some new sponsorship opportunities with British Ice Hockey. We'd love to hear from you if you'd be interested in coming on board with us. For further information, drop us an email to news at britishicehockey.co.uk and, among other things, you can hear your company's name right here 
on the BIHO. News and articles can be found on britishicehockey.co.uk, including a blog questioning what ice hockey has to do to get some mainstream sports media attention on the back of GB's performances in Riga. Thank you for everybody who's read that article. It's uh, seemed to have gone down quite well, some good responses to it, so thank you for taking the time to read it. But don't forget to like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Brit Ice Hockey, or follow me at BIH Craig. We're also on Instagram too, at British Ice Hockey. The BIH Show is part of the Sports Social Network, the UK's first dedicated sport podcast network. Find the next show you'll love or join the team at www.sport-social.co.uk. My thanks this week go to Paul, Aidy and Mark Bell from Arizona Coyotes for coming on the show. So join us next week for another new episode and I'll talk to you then. Take care of yourself and I'll be back soon. Bye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.